Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Ion Veterans ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. When it comes to picking the perfect treats for your dog, Stuart makes the choice easy by keeping it real. Real ingredients, real nutrients, real benefits. Stuart dog treats are free from additives, corn, soy, wheat, and grains. Plus, they're freeze-dried to lock in all the great nutrition and natural flavor your furry friend deserves. Stuart freeze-dried dog treats. Big, tail-wagging nutritional benefits. Available on Amazon.com today. Welcome to CBS Audio's Eye on Veterans. I'm your host, Phil Briggs. I'm a Navy veteran, and every week I get a chance to look at the issues of the day through the eyes of my fellow military vets. Now, sometimes we get a military veteran expert in here to talk about the issues in the news, and other times we'll talk about the issues that uniquely affect veterans. But I tell you, every episode will bring you fascinating guests with incredible stories to share. My goal every week is simple, bring you something informative and something that will inspire the hell out of you. This is the news and stories about the veteran lifestyle. This is Eye on Veterans. Today, we're talking about treatments that are showing success for TBIs. And more than just TBIs and PTSD, we're talking about treating the anxiety and depression and the complex feelings that are often linked to suicide. We're going to hear about the answers that are found in a powerful documentary film called Quiet Explosions, Healing the Brain. Bell rung hundreds of times. Uh, Concussions, too, that I can recall. One was in college and the other was in a playoff game. Pinned down, taking enemy fire. It was just a difficult situation where we had to do the controlled detonation, knowing that we were danger close to the explosion. It broke me and I started feeling very suicidal. I started feeling very off. And I was ultimately told by one of my therapists, you know, you might as well tell them what happened. I was just, at that time, incapable of dealing with people. I was very taken with Andrew and the story, but I was even more taken with Dr. Gordon, the the key doctor who was healing him and finding a cure for this TBI and PTSD. It was just incredible to hear how the way I was feeling based on my blood work made total sense. So he can identify what's going on, what's wrong. It's real. There's hope out there. Now, a couple of months ago, I received an invite to review the film Quiet Explosions, Healing the Brain. It featured Special Forces veteran Andrew Marr, whom I recognized from his book from a few years ago called Tales from the Blast Factory. And his story is that of a Green Beret team member whose main job was a breacher. 
using explosives to penetrate buildings, blow them up, and eventually take out the bad guys. It was one I've heard countless times before. Naturally, head trauma from the blast waves is the first thing that comes to mind. And over the years of my reporting on TBIs and PTSD, I also know that the meds that they're given by the VA and others create a living hell for the veterans after their service and are basically responsible for an entire generation of addicted, depressed, and often suicidal combat war vets. But the film surprised me when it included Super Bowl champions like former Washington Redskin quarterback Mark Rippon and a collegiate all-star soccer athlete Annie Nicholson-Kenzior, whose story of trauma is absolutely shocking. But more than just another film about injuries or injustice, the focus here is how these injuries and the related symptoms like the depression and the anxiety can be treated. That's right, these issues can be treated successfully. So I began by talking with the film's director, Jerry Schur. Jerry, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Phil. It's a pleasure and an honor to be here today with you. Mm. And uh, the pleasure's ours because the movie, Quiet Explosions, uh, just just so touching. And I know that as we unpack it for the rest of this hour, we're going to talk to a lot of different guests that come to this a lot of different ways. But uh, my first question to you is as an Emmy award winning filmmaker with a vast background, you know, I saw you've done some things on, on the homeless and on Africa and on women's issues. How in the world did you end up combining pro athletes and military warfighters all in a documentary about healing the brain? Well, it's interesting how, how projects come to me. They, they land where they're supposed to, and uh, I grew up in a little town called Fall River, Massachusetts, and I babysat a woman, a girl at the time, when I was 16, and Beth was the editor on the book, Tales from the Blast Factory, which was written by Adam Marr and Andrew Marr, and when she was doing it, she remembered, she thought of me, she had been following my career my whole life, which I didn't know, and she reached out and told me that she had the best book, and that I need to make the movie of this of this story. So, of course, people always tell me they have the best thing since sliced bread. I said, send me the galleys. So before the book was even published, she sent the galleys, and I read the book. I was very taken with Andrew and the story, but I was even more taken with Dr. Gordon, the, the key doctor who was healing him and find, finding a cure for this TBI and PTSD. So I said he could come see me, and, and we talked, and he watched all my work, and he He's big, you know, he has tattoos everywhere, and he jumped up, and he was crying and clapping, and he hugged me and said, you have the rights to the book. And I said, Andrew, I will only do it under one condition. It will be a third military, a third athletes, and a third civilians, because I knew that this illness and disease was so prominent in millions and millions of people worldwide that I didn't want to leave a part of the population out. And that's how I got the this whole project. Well, I have to say, Andrew Marr makes quite an impression in the movie, and I can only imagine what it's like to be there face-to-face and get that big six-foot-four bear hug from that kind of warfighter. Um, I love stories that provide some inspiration and some hope, but I, what I loved about this is how approachable it is, how, how relatable it is. I watched it with my wife who is not a military veteran. And, you know, sometimes she's into my stories that I share with her about warfighters and things that go bang, and then sometimes it's just kind of like she can't quite connect. Mm -hmm. This connected on so many different levels, because what we're talking about here is something I've heard another friend of mine say, and that is a TBI resulting in what? 
And he always says that because he recognizes that it was the TBI that began a lot of health symptoms and a lot of negative health consequences in his life. But um, share with me kind of the, the categories of people you have on this and just how easy it is to just think mental health is something that has nothing to do with a brain injury. Well, uh, we have two NFL players because I felt like I really had to address the football situation, and that's so prevalent, and people can relate to that because football is such a big thing. And then we have a surfer. Uh, Sean Dollar is the number one surfer who is in the Guinness Book of World Records twice for the highest wave of 63 feet. He had thousands of concussions hitting his head against the board and rocks and so on. And we have a gymnast who um, was a gymnast since she was a little girl and would always be falling and hitting her head, and she was completely a mess. Uh, We have a gentleman who had open-heart surgery and was under the knife too long, and he had um, brain impairment from being in surgery for 10 hours and not enough oxygen getting to his brain. That happens to be my husband, Alan Schur. And we have... um, various uh, military people. We have like a Marine and two Green Berets and a Navy gal. And the Navy gal actually suffered from TBI, from emotional trauma, from being raped twice. Uh, That was quite a story. Uh, So it it goes far and wide. Our our firefighter, Sebi, um, he was a 9-11 first responder, uh, and he was dragging out his buddies, you know, from the from the uh, twin towers falling down, and he had complete devastating trauma. He couldn't even put a full sentence together afterward. Mm. So um, it's it's a wide variety of people. Certainly, when you research this and you're putting the film together, you had to have some eye opening moments. But one of the ones I thought that was so eye opening was with both Annie and Sebi, and that is life's trauma. Life's drama can actually impact your brain chemically the same way that, you know, an explosion or a good knock to the head like one of the pro athletes gets. Expand on that a little bit. Sure. Well, it's caused by inflammation. And your brain is, a, is like one of the most important organs in your body, even though you can't see it. Like if you go on an MRI to see your, your arm or your leg and you, and you see the x-rays and you see the bones, people never look at the brain inside the brain. We do show it in the movie, so I'm glad people can actually see a brain from 10 years ago and then with Sebi, for instance, treatment after 10 years. But the emotional trauma that a lot of people have, uh, and this goes for people that aren't even in the movie also, they realize that they're having the same exact symptoms as somebody who perhaps had an IED blast in front of them 10 times in war and, or, or was in a car accident and their head was thrown against the wheel. So they have fatigue, they have bursts of anger, they have insomnia, they, they have uncontrollable crying. I mean, these are, there's a host of, of things. They drink uncontrollably. They're taking millions of pills, pharmaceuticals of all sorts, and they can't function, period. I mean, they're basically checked out of society and losing everything, losing their family, losing their, their wife or their children, their, their job. So it's... They have the same symptoms. When I actually talk to different Sebi or Annie and then Andrew or Kevin, they have the same exact symptoms. Welcome back to CBS Eye on Veterans. I'm Phil Briggs, a proud Navy veteran and a reporter for ConnectingVets.com. Now today we're talking about the documentary film Quiet Explosions, Healing the Brain. 
and in it, filmmaker Jerry Scherr assembled stories of trauma from veterans and athletes and civilians, and revealed some astounding news about therapies that successfully treat TBIs, PTSD, and so much more. Now I had a chance to talk to some of the featured cast members from the film, and we'll start with a guy that I cheered for when I was a kid, on the football field myself, wishing I could be a Super Bowl champion, just like former Washington Redskin quarterback Mark Rippon. Mark Rippon, my Super Bowl quarterback. <laughs> Welcome to the show, man. <laughs> well, Philip, thank you so much, and definitely appreciate you, uh, you know, promoting our film and also the awareness that TBI uh, and uh, PTSD have in so many Americans, uh, especially with this pandemic this past year. Um, what people are dealing with in their mental health is an opportunity to share this film, uh, quite explosions with everyone that um, make our world a better place. Indeed. And Quiet Explosions is, is the film, of course. Um, watched it again over the weekend, and it's just it's just so powerful. And uh, before we get into talking about the TBIs, the brain injuries, uh, we first see you in the film with that Redskins jacket on, throwback to the old school, <laughs> and of course the Super Bowl ring. And full disclosure, uh, I, am a, I am a Maryland resident. Grew up outside D.C., played Little League football around here uh, all through high school. Uh, I was a big fan, man. So happy to see you beat the Bills in that Super Bowl. I was just, uh, anyways, um, on the gridiron, how many times do you think you got your bell rung? Oh, I mean, bell rung hundreds of times. Uh, concussions, too, that I can recall. One was in college and the other was in a playoff game against Tony Dungy in uh, 1992, 90, actually 1993. Uh, the game was played in 93, but it was a 1992 season um, in Minneapolis, and um, you know, those are ones you're, you're worried about. There's other times where, you know, Bubba Tyre puts his hand up there, how many, and you, he's got three up and you say four, and he goes close enough to get back in there. For people that aren't familiar with what it's like, what are the initial signs? Like when you were first noticing that you really had your bell rung, was it like a, was it like an echoey thing? Was it like seeing sparks? What, what did it feel like? Yeah, there's there's more of a vibration, kind of. Your brain is kind of, uh, you know, wondering where, if you're on foot or horseback, you know, first, kind of getting your bearings to, to, to where you're at. And then, you know, pretty sometimes you can just kind of shake the cobwebs out, even though you've, you've, you've rattled your brain pretty good, and then kind of get back in the huddle and hopefully know that uh, what team you're on and if you're playing college or pros. And that's, you know, <laughs> that, uh, that actually happened in Minnesota. I was, Coach Gibbs was calling a play that we wanted to run last play before the field goals, this happened, the concussion I had, or mild concussion that I had, happened just before um, the, the field goal we kicked to beat the uh, Vikings. You know, I ran a, kind of ran a scramble, for me, scrambling and making five yards is 20 yards for most players, but I got out the pocket <laughs> and got hit and, and came down and, and uh, called timeout. We wanted to run one more play before the field goal. As I came to the sideline, Coach Gibbs says, okay, here we're going to call 50 gut, which is an off off-tackle play to the left, which we've run probably mm, 500 to 700 times when I was <laughs> since I first got there. So it's an easy play, but somehow I was thinking back to my offense at Washington State. I go, Coach, we don't have that play. And he thought I was kidding, and I wasn't. But then I kind of came to, and you know, after Bubba said, "Is everything all right, Rip?" And they go, "Yeah, yeah, we we don't have that." Oh yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, we wait, we do. We have that play, and I went back in there. We ran 50 gut, field goal. And, you know, celebrated the win. And, and on the way back, Bubba told Chip Miller, hey, make sure when Rip gets home, you give him a ride home. My conversation with Army veteran Andrew Marr also included the TBI story, 
that combat vets are all too familiar with. What's going on, First Sergeant? Phil, it's good to be on the show, man. Man, I got to tell you, your story's a classic definition of warfighters' invisible injury, and it's also a story of the combat cocktail. Um, you had one hell of a specialty uh, blowing things up. Talk to me about your time. Yeah, like you said, my background was in special forces. My specialty there, or one of many on the team, was um, uh, as a 18 Charlie, which is an engineer, and part of that side of the house is, you know, dealing with uh, IEDs, um, unexploded ordnance, uh, breaching. So it's putting a surgical charge on doors, windows, walls, whatever the case may be, to blow it and get on the other side. So we could go to work, you know, and and doing anything to become proficient and skilled at, you got to do it over and over and over again. It's no different if it's free throws or playing chess or learning to code or, in this case, you know, being an elite special operations warrior. So, you know, doing that to be competent in a uh, live, real-life situation, you would have had to have done, practice that probably hundreds of times, some guys thousands of times, um, in training. And so that... Uh, that exposes us to chronic blast waves or being in close proximity to that minor explosion. And even though it doesn't knock you out, which, you know, nobody thought, you know, that anything, if it doesn't knock me out, it's no big deal. And what it, we've learned over time is, well, it's just the opposite. It is these low subconcussive blasts or hits to the head that have a cumulative effect that can be very damning to the individual's health. And that was um, kind of the cumulative effect of me because uh, I was, you know, early 30s well-respected in, in special forces, multiple deployments, and came back, not a scratch on me, like the epitome of somebody that's healthy and fit, and my life began to fall apart. And that was kind of the start of the downfall that so many others had fallen into, me included, that is difficult with this invisible type of injury. Right on. Uh, let's jump into another part of the film there where we talk the story about when you guys had to detonate something and everybody got knocked out. We were just between a rock and a hard place. A house was uh, wired to blow, and uh, we were take, we were pinned down, taking enemy fire, realizing that if an RPG or something came in, it could cause a sympathetic discharge, which would cause a whole house rigged with explosives to you know to blow up, which we were in close proximity to, and so um, and, and again we couldn't move, and so it was just a difficult situation where we had to do the controlled detonation, knowing that we were danger close to the explosion, which virtually knocked everybody out, but we were able to um, uh, get back, gather ourselves, and, and fight back, and everybody made it out alive. Now, as many combat vets know, there's way more to the story than just making it out alive, which is what we'll discuss later in the show. But as we said from the start, not all brain injuries are the result of some kind of concussive impact, and that's why the story of former Naval Academy soccer star Annie Nicholson Kenzior is so powerful. I could segue off and do an entire show about how generally screwed up I think the Navy is and how the military has handled, even in the last few months in the headlines, sexual assaults. I mean, it's just mind-blowing how stupid they handle this and how somewhere there's a Navy officer or a few that have a special place in hell reserved for them. And I'm even calling out the ones that did the administrative crap on this. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, I started my time at the Naval Academy the summer of 2008 and these incidents... Um, happened that fall of 2008, so just months after I had gone through boot camp and really gone through the initiation process of an academy. And it took some time for it to really, um, I would say, get to me, because initially I knew 
what had happened. I didn't necessarily use the word rape. I'll be honest, when we were going through boot camp, we were taught a lot about stories of women who had claimed that they were raped by a football star, for example, was a story I was told. And they made it very clear, don't be that girl to get the football star kicked out. Well, in my situation, it was actually a lacrosse star. And I, I had known that I was sexually assaulted. I knew there was you know, what had happened just by looking around the room when I woke up the next morning. And um, so I didn't want to be that girl. And I was very conscious of that thought after I got back into the Naval Academy Hall the next morning of, I know what happened, but I don't want to use the word rape because I don't want to get kicked out myself. Like, I, I had the conscious thought, or I should say subconscious thought, that this would happen and I don't need to talk about it. So I, what I like to say is I threw that incident in a far deep closet in the back of my brain and I locked the door and I never thought about it for as long as I could go without thinking about it. In my case, it was about a month after that first incident when the second incident happened by two men, both basketball players in this case. So again, sports, athletes. Um, but again, I had the conscious thought and I knew what had happened, but I refused to talk about it to my peers in fear of the repercussions that I would receive, which is totally backwards as a survivor. And it doesn't matter if you're in the military or in the civilian world. Survivors shouldn't have the thought process of, I'm going to get in trouble for something that happened to me, a crime, mind you. Now, before we get to the groundbreaking therapies that effectively treated their TBIs, and literally save their lives. I want to share a glimpse into just how this film captures what happens after a traumatic event. We'll start with Annie Nicholson, who was a Naval Academy soccer star until they utterly failed her. Something that will forever change how I view our nation's military academies. We hear how the horrible events surrounding sexual assaults were kept buried inside, all while living, studying, and working with her attackers every day. She kept them inside until the day she couldn't. So I couldn't really escape it, and I was able to really keep it in that closet, if you will, for a long time. But eventually, it broke me, and I started feeling very suicidal. I started feeling very off, um, very fearful. And I was ultimately told by one of my therapists, you know, you might as well tell them what happened because they're going to kick you out. She literally told me that. She said, they're going to kick you out for borderline personality disorder, they believe that that's what you have. So you might as well tell them what happened to you. Whether anything happens or not, we'll see. But why not was basically her point. And I literally did. Wow. And I'll go ahead and click pause right there. First, thank you for sharing. And second, um, you know, it just makes my blood boil. I mean, you just get so jacked up and mad when you hear about that. Because mm-hmm. like from the very first day before you before anything even happened, you're a young recruit. I was in Navy boot camp, all the same. Um I can't believe that that's what they're telling young women. Like, uh, don't be that girl. Like, like what? You're planting a seed to make this whole thing go in the wrong trajectory from Jump Street. As you went on in life then, did the symptoms get worse? Did they, I mean, did you just continue to spiral into a darker place? I did, yeah. Actually, it got much worse. And honestly, a lot of the trauma I experienced came post getting separated from the military, as odd as that may sound, because the traumas themselves 
I've been able to really process, but the way I was treated and how quickly I was kicked out and basically told they don't believe me. My, my best friend sends me a text the next day after I come out and report saying, I can't believe what you're doing. I don't believe you. Like my best girlfriend, a soccer player, <sighs> close women are the ones coming to me saying, you, we don't believe you. You're a liar. Stop being a bitch. What's wrong with you? You're just a slut. I mean, things like that, that I can comprehend a man saying that to me, but when the women are turning their back in an institution that already only has 25% women, who the hell do you go to as a woman survivor? Former Washington Redskin quarterback and Super Bowl champion Mark Rippon shared with me a glimpse at his life after TBIs. Well, I think there's a each and every year I had the seasonal affective disorder, which is called SAD, which comes around the time of, uh, you know, just before Thanksgiving, right around Halloween time when the, when the time changes and you're starting to go to shorter, uh, you know, the, the daylight is, is, uh, much shorter and night times are much longer. And so, um, there, there comes a time there where, you know, the depression really hits. And then so those months between October, November, December, January, and December, February were, were difficult and, and, and much more um, uh, trying. And But I'm thinking to myself, you know, okay, well, yeah, I'm a, I'm a happy-go-lucky guy. You know, I'm, I've got great family and friends. i got all this. But why why am I very, very lethargic? And, and why am I also, you know, to the people that I love the most? And, and um, you know, why am I snapping? Why am I yelling at my brothers, you know, when we're playing a hockey game because they don't pass me the puck and why are there these certain things that you know you you look at now? You look, I look back at now, and, and how even though they laughed about him, you, you know, said how Mark was just a, a real nut job today at the right, you know, right, the ice. right. He just wound that, too tight. That, yeah, 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 yeah. So and it mostly came in sporting events, and it was not necessarily just my sports. Watching sporting events, you know, with my daughter playing basketball, or uh, even even my. My daughter playing tennis. You know, you you, you can't say a word in, in high school tennis, and I'm and I'm like the you know like oh that's a bad call. Oh, why didn't you do? It? You know, I mean, <laughs> certain things you kind of like yeah. question, and uh, and then certain behaviors that I question too. And uh, you know, I don't want to get into all of them, but sure, you know, sure. some of them you're just uh, you, you wonder this isn't me. You know, I need maybe maybe there is something to this, and so um, you know, I through some research and and uh, saying, hey, I, I think I might need some help. The film follows Mark's story through even more difficult years. The loss of their child to cancer. His own thoughts of suicide. And when we spoke recently about the film, he shared with me his mindset, how it was deadly. And sadly, how he even lost his cousin Rick, a rising star in the NHL, to suicide. Is that the mindset that, these, that this depression can lead you to? That you, you actually think your trauma and drama is bringing everybody else down? That's exactly what I felt. I felt like I'm, I'm, I'm a burden. I'm letting everyone down. And, and uh, you know, it's, this is not worth doing it. And then you think about it when it's all said and done. It's like, okay, now there's a, a lot of people left with not knowing, you know, or, or this void in their life thinking, oh my God, what, what, what could I have done to, to help him out? And, you know, for, in Rick's case, he, he went to uh, down to Malibu and and a um, lot of lot of personal treatment himself. It's just uh, the demons were too deep in him, and and it's so it's so tragic because he's such a such a good kid, such a good hockey player, tough kid. Yeah, uh, you know, and just uh, 
and myself even yeah, I had I had a foundation that was helping others out. I you know had won a, we won we won Super Bowls in Washington. That's part of great teammates, part of a great family. Love to play golf, love to do a lot of things, but I also felt that there was a, a part of me that um, you know it's like gosh these people. I'm, I'm holding people up from being themselves. That's selfishly, you know, saying that they're they're not thinking that they're never ever telling me that. Um, but that's what you think. Former Green Beret Andrew Marr's story is a common thread woven throughout the film, and recently he shared with me the clearest picture of what this trauma can look like. I was just at that time incapable of dealing with people. Um, I would be sent off into violent rages and. It wasn't under my conscious control. It isn't one, anything that I wanted to do. It was just something that I, I, I through, through experiencing it, I realized was there and, and the best decision or solution that I could come up with, not wanting to um, have my children or my wife exposed to that, was go and lock myself in, in the closet, uh, which is what I did. Um, it was just the best solution that I could think of at the time. And, and yeah, I was, it was very worrisome. It was very heartbreaking to me. And, and, and again, like it was out of pure desperation and not wanting, you know, you know, a six foot two, 235 pound demon coming out and damaging everybody that was in my path. Now, like my army veteran buddy, Boone Cutler once told me, you have a TBI resulting in what? And the what is what we've heard about this hour in great detail from Annie, Mark, and Andrew. But what is almost as shocking is how the medical community, the VA especially, chooses to deal with mental health issues that stem from TBIs. We call it the combat cocktail, but how many meds were you on? Yeah, at the highest point, it was, you know, 13. And the problem with that, as everybody knows out here who's familiar with it, is none of that was... Uh, to treat an underlying condition. It was just purely symptom management. And the difficult thing, Phil, is that, uh, that the listeners probably know is that these cause drastic and sometimes absolutely catastrophic uh, side effects. And I definitely experienced that. So I was bad when I, you know, so-called needed the medication or was we had all these symptoms. I was even worse for it after being all of that. So you know, that was absolutely the case. And, you know, here's one for depression. Here's one for anxiety. Here's one to keep you awake. Here's one to put you asleep. Here's one to help you focus. Here's one to help your with your pain. Here's one to help with migraines. You know, like you name it, it, it was all there, and you know, to the t- nth degree. Now up next, we'll hear about the miracle treatments for brain injuries revealed in the film Quiet Explosions, Healing the Brain. I said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to try something. I want, uh, there's a new therapy. It was just incredible to hear how the way I was feeling based on my blood work made total sense. So he can identify what's going on, what's wrong. That's ahead when Ion Veterans returns. Welcome back to CBS Ion Veterans. I'm Phil Briggs, a Navy vet and a reporter for ConnectingVets.com. Now all this hour we've been talking about the documentary film Quiet Explosions, Healing the Brain. It's a film that follows a cast including combat veterans, star athletes, and civilians, all of whom had a traumatic brain injury from either a physical or an emotional trauma. But what makes this film a must-see for anyone who's dealing with a mental health issue or brain injury is that it reveals the therapies that actually work 
This is Andrew Marr on how it saved his life after a life full of explosions in Special Forces. Let me say this, like when I was put on 13 medications, when I was given 33 different, you know, diagnoses and disorders and and mental disorders and forced to be medically retired, nobody said, you know what, let's take an objective look at what's going on in your brain and body and see if we can't identify the underlying condition and then treat your underlying condition specific to you, not, not, not to anybody else, but to you solely the individual. Well, that is exactly what Mark Gordon does, and he does it through a uh, complex lab analysis, blood work, where he can identify what's going on in the brain and what's going on in the body, not yesterday, not tomorrow, in real time. And that real-time understanding is going to allow you to then look down and say, okay, man, is there a leak in the dam? And if there is a leak, where is it coming from? Is it upstream? Is it downstream? And we can uh, actually do real specific things to put the brain put the body back in what he calls a neuropermissive environment. And that simply means an environment that's conducive to healing and growth. See, the, the body has this just beautiful innate ability to heal itself. It wants to do that. It needs the right environment to do that. So he can identify what's going on, what's wrong. Then we can put the brain and the body back into the right environment. And when you do that, Phil, well, what, what the film has shown, what, what my you know, living truth is, what we've rep- reproduced through our Warrior Angels Foundation, hundreds of times now is if you can do those things quality of life will improve 100% of the time to what extent is going to is vary on the individual and their unique circumstances and needs but that process is precision medicine and that is going right to it and saying what can we do to, f- to specifically uh, work on and fix with this individual. And, and that was the beauty of his program, his personalized program. And Dr. Gordon is a genius and one of the world's leading uh, contributors to the field of trauma and uh, traumatic brain injury treatment. This is former collegiate soccer star Annie Nicholson talking about how the therapy gave her relief after the trauma of physical assault. And I was just like, this enough is enough. This is crazy. I'm, I'm treating my side effects of one medicine with another medicine, which then I'm having another side effect, like what the hell am I dealing with? What is causing what? It was just crazy. And I don't know if it's called a sign from God, whatever you want, but I was watching the nightly news, the local news in DFW, Texas, and I see this part come up with Andrew Marr and talking about the Warrior Angels Foundation and how they have this foundation out there for veterans to take part in a new treatment for, people who are experienced basically traumatic brain injury, PTSD, and are not successfully getting treatment the normal route. And I got super interested and basically became a member of the Warrior Angels Foundation and started um, getting my blood work and then getting treated from Dr. Mark Gordon pretty much since then. Talk to me a little bit about the therapy. There's blood work on the front end. They got to make sure that you're chemically capable of handling this program, but it's, it's, it's medicinal, but it's not. It's not the combat cocktail you were given, which could make you a zombie and go sideways any, you know, seven ways to Sunday, any given day. This is something radically different, and the way he treats it is as a brain hormone guy, right? He's like a neuroendocrinologist. Yep. Talk to me about the, what the specifics were like when you started the treatment. Sure, yeah. And, you know, one thing to note, I'm a math girl, so I'm a math undergrad, so I'm very scientific-minded, and one thing I love about this treatment is that it's based on your blood work. It literally looks at your hormone levels, at your vitamin levels, and tells you if anything is off. So in my case, my first blood work looked terrible. 
I had levels that he said were the lowest he's ever seen for some hormones. I had levels that he said were out the roof and extremely high. And that right there proved to me, wow, something actually is imbalanced in my head. This whole TBI from a, from a sexual assault, it seemed odd to me because I didn't get beat, you know, I didn't get bashed in the head or anything like that. But I had proof right there in my blood work that all my levels were off. And Dr. Gordon went on to explain how just tweaking one hormone can cause that butterfly effect to create all the other hormones to go out of whack. And then the hormones create your vitamin levels to become either deficient or too high. And that creates different behaviors. And it was just incredible to hear how the way I was feeling based on my blood work made total sense. And that's where it started. So I get the blood work. And then based on my levels, Dr. Gordon started prescribing me. And again, these are like primarily vitamins, minerals. Um, there were some hormones, but for the most part, it's just stuff that you can get at your local grocery store with the, with, um, you know, there's, there's a couple that you really can't, but for the most part you can. And, and these are the things that I just had started taking daily. And Dr. Gordon let me know up front, you know, this isn't going to be something that like your normal psychiatry medicine is going to start working in a week or you're going to notice a difference like later today. He said, realistically, it's going to take months. It could take months. It could take a year. And so knowing that and going into it with that mindset really helped because he was right. I didn't really feel that awesome right away. I didn't really feel that awesome two months, three months down the line. When I really started feeling better was realistically like six to nine months post-starting. And that was just because I had to get everything really into my system and flowing and then naturally producing it myself. Um, and some of the stuff I'm doing are injections. So those, you know, take time to get in and really stay consistent and level out in your system. So just a lot of moving parts that ultimately have come together and have helped me get off of the psychiatric cocktail that they had me on that was just not doing anything but honestly causing more problems. Washington Redskin quarterback and Super Bowl champion Mark Rippon found relief from his depression, which almost drove him to suicide through another miraculous treatment. I, I said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to try something. I want, uh, there's a new therapy called uh, transcranial mag magnetic stimulation, and Dr. Uh, Bob Sammons introduced this to me, and basically a neuronal pathway in your brain that isn't, isn't firing, isn't triggering. And whether that be from, uh, from brain injury, traumatic brain injury, from playing football or or maybe there's just something that wasn't there in the beginning. Now we can maybe tap into that, and that's basically what it is, tapping into it. feels like a woodpecker on your head, but it uh, kind of fires that, uh, those uh, neuronal pathways that aren't, uh, aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. And so, uh, yeah, I, I did that. It's a 30-day course, and afterwards I just get kind of, now I just kind of get maintenance uh, about every, usually about every September or October I'll get some maintenance and go in for about once a week for about uh, – Five weeks just to get through the SAD, this seasonal affective uh, you know, dis disorder that um, comes about. And so it's been very helpful over the last five or six years. In every story, we hear how life had become a nightmare. Yet through various methods, people did find relief. It's out there. And if you want to see for yourself, I urge you to watch the movie, Quiet Explosions, Healing the Brain. It's real. There's... TMS treatment, there's hyperbaric oxygen therapy, there's hormonal therapy, there's, there's spec scans of your brain that you can look at and, and uh, natural products that you can take that uh, get you back on track. And uh, there's hope out there. 
You can find Quiet Explosions online or at Amazon Prime Video. Watch it, and I swear it'll blow your mind. No pun intended. I'm Phil Briggs for ConnectingVets.com, and I'll talk to you again next week on CBS Eye on Veterans. All right, so that does it for this week's show. Thank you for listening. Now, we'd love to hear from you, so follow us on Twitter at IonVeterans, or you can reach me at PhilBriggsVet. I'm always down to get your hot takes and spicy memes, and I'd love to talk to you every week, so please like and subscribe. Hell, even give us a review of the show, because the comments and reviews really help us tailor the show to you. Again, I'm Phil Briggs, Navy veteran and reporter with ConnectingVets.com in Washington, D.C. And I look forward to talking to you again on another episode of CBS Audio's Eye on Veterans. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Eye on Veterans ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Download speeds up to one gigabit per second. Cox internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. The Hargan women seem to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, starting May 8th, wherever you get your podcasts.